0: thanks jack morning everybody it's uh, it's really nice to uh, to be here what is it that's preventing you from being really desperate for jesus um this morning what a, have a thought for a minute what are we are we too comfortable is this is this all kind of we've got it all sorted out we've got it kind of Christian journey, kind of sussed. We kind of understand it. We've got the cliches. We've got the we've got the culture. We know what to say in church. We we remember that we're not we're not in the pub or the rugby club. That we're in church. So we remember what to say when we're in the different places. What is it that's preventing you from being absolutely sold out, desperate for Jesus, like right in this moment, like when this kind of um, small Um, Pfeiffer comes to stand up? What prevents you from saying, Jesus, I'm absolutely desperate for you to speak. I I don't want to leave this place without hearing your voice. I'm I'm not interested in anything else but just hearing a word from you that is going to so revolutionize my life and and change me and direct me and free me and sustain me and guide me and move me forward that my life won't be the same again after today? What's stopping you being like that? Because I I, I sense as as I kind of travel around (laughs) in the church in the UK and... um, I haven't traveled as much the last couple of years, but it seems like I'm gonna be traveling a lot the next couple of years, um, is a lack of desperation for Jesus, a lack of desperation. It's as if we as a people of faith see faith as a veneer that fits on top of everything else that we do with life. You know? So it's our kind of, it's our insurance policy in case things go really badly but most of the time we think we can handle it whether it goes badly or not. So, you know what, this is, this is nothing to do what I'm gonna talk about, It's just what I kind of sense as I was coming up. So uh, can we just quietly for a minute, just in silent prayer, uh, examine our own hearts as we come to, to hopefully hear what God might want to say to us, so, so let's just pray together. Lord, if we've kind of lost the fire, will you reignite it? Will you reignite it? In our hearts, in our lives. If, if faith has just been become just another thing we do, it's just kind of a bit of our lives, Will you help us to reorientate our lives back to you? If we've come to the place where actually we don't expect you to really speak, we just kind of get on with life, then, Lord, will you help us? Will you raise our faith again? Speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll read just a few verses from the end of Numbers chapter 6. Well-known words to uh, many of us. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. First slide, please. So years and years ago, I used to work in Resize Dockyard. Well, I used to go to Resize Dockyard, clock in, hang about for eight hours, clock out again, right? And that was kind of called work. I used to be involved in refitting nuclear submarines. You've got to be lucky we've never been involved in a nuclear war having me refitting stuff uh, there. When I was an apprentice, uh, I had this mate called Bruce, a guy called Bruce Watson. And Bruce Watson, I'm sure he wouldn't wouldn't mind me saying this, was an even worse apprentice than I was. Uh, He would come in late, he'd find a place to sleep. He'd sleep most of the time and then he'd go home again. And and Bruce myself got on uh, really, really well. Uh, he's, He's a great uh, great character. And then he, he came to me, he said uh, that he was leaving uh, the dockyard and um, he was going off to do other things, that he he'd started this, uh, this band called Big Country um, with, uh, with another guy I knew called Stuart Adamson. And, uh, and he started Big Country. Some of you might have heard of Big Country. Some of you won't off. It's a generational thing, probably. But he started Big Country. And one of the songs that they were famous for in Big Country uh, was Peace in our times, uh, give us peace in our times. And it seems to me that that's perhaps the most appropriate thing for us to long for at the moment in our world is, is peace. It's kind of like the Miss Congeniality uh, moment. Uh, if you've ever seen that movie, Sandra Bullock and Michael Caine, uh, for a really funny movie if, if you haven't seen it, um, where there's this kind of uh, talent contest, they get interviewed in it, and uh, everybody answers the same, what, what is your greatest longing? And they all say, world peace. It seemed to be a kind of tick box. If you didn't say world peace, you didn't get through it the next round. But if ever we needed peace, uh, this is it. Next slide, please. We live in a fractured world. When we look at the planet round about us, if you are interested in COP26 as "I was a law," and you see the challenges in the world and the abuse that we have made uh, of our world, you find that, that environmentally, we are fractured and broken and damaged, as if, as if the whole of creation is crying out in angst and despair. For people but not just the environment if you look um, at at Central Europe but if you look around the world probably more wars and outrages taking place today than at any time in history as violence begets violence as people's anger and frustration uh, boils over, as people want to control other people in hundreds and hundreds of different ways and different forms of, of aggression and violence and war one after another. It's a sobering thought, isn't it, that there are more people in slavery today than when the Abolition of Slavery Bill was approved through Wilberforce all that time ago more people in slavery and more people in slavery in Europe than at any time since statistics began. Relationships, we're told that, that uh, post-COVID, there, there are more people angry with one another, breaking up, walking out than ever before. And one of the unknown statistics, but but one that should force us to our knees to pray, is how many people have been abused behind closed doors during the time of COVID and the pandemic. How many people have cried out silently and nobody has heard them? How much abuse has taken place in families? How many people for a generation will still be suffering the trauma of post pandemic? We live in a fractured, fractured world. And much of the stuff that I've been doing over the last year is, is about what does it mean to be human? What is, what is our identity? What do we look like? What are we expected to be? And then we've got I shop, therefore I am. That kind of consumerist mantra. This is who I am, you can tell who I am by the designer clothes that I wear and the car that I drive and and the watch that I have and the people I hang out with because this is my identity. My identity is wrapped up in what other people think about me. Almost everywhere you look around you, you see fragmentation and brokenness and anger and frustration. Great up-tempo start to talk, isn't it? Um, But it's the life that we find ourselves in at the moment. Next slide. So in the midst of all of that, I want to talk about the wonder of one word. One word that changes all of that. One word that brings hope into the horrors that we see all around about us. One word breathed by God that transforms everything and transforms your life in the midst of it. This is the word, it is the word shalom. Shalom. It is a Hebrew word that is used over 300 times in the Old Testament. It's a word we sometimes have translated as peace. But peace is a really, really poor translation of shalom. And so I want to talk about shalom. And I want to talk about the heart of God for a broken and fragmented world and the heart of God for a broken and fragmented you. Because it's the same thing. Next slide. What does shalom really, really mean? Well, it does mean peace, but it doesn't mean um, peace as an absence of war. It means peace as something that's added to make something better. We often talk about peace as, well, there's no more war there, so it's peace. Shalom means something has been added by God to bring wholeness. Harmony, restoration, unity. Where things have all been broken in pieces, shalom comes and brings a wonderful wholeness and connectedness and beauty to brokenness. If you can imagine the kind of um, picture damaged in somebody's uh, loft, broken and then bit by bit restored into something marvelous and beautiful and wonderful. That is Shalom. When you see relationships that are torn by misunderstanding and by angry words and by bitterness and and by frustration and suddenly they are connected again in forgiveness and in mercy and in love that is shalom. When you see nations broken and angry and frustrated suddenly being brought together again, that is shalom. When you see a person, maybe it's you, when you see a person who doesn't understand themselves, who's been hurt by other people, who's been let down, who doesn't sleep at night, but goes over and over and over the same words again and again have been said to them over and over and over again, who replays incidents in their mind that they can't get past, who wrestle with things of other people's expectations, and suddenly they blossom into something beautiful and wonderful and miraculous when they begin to understand that they are loved and unique, and prized by God, that is shalom. And shalom is the most beautiful word and idea in scripture. And it is what our world needs today. Next slide. In Genesis, at the start, we have the perfect picture of shalom. Everything works in that Genesis story, doesn't it? God, creation, Adam, Eve, everything is in harmony together. God is able to walk amongst people. Everything is beautiful. There there is, it is good in God's eyes. It is a picture of perfection. It's a picture of shalom. Everything is working well. Together, the way that it was meant to. Until sin comes in and fractures the shalomness. Not sure shalomness is a word, but hey, if you've got a degree in theology, you can make up words. It doesn't matter, does it? Um, shalomness of the moment. But as there is disobedience, and as there is selfishness, and as there is idolatry then suddenly the shalom escapes and goes and disintegrates and people are left and lost. Individual, confused, no future, running around looking for something to bring meaning. They have lost the beauty (laughs) and we try and replace it with the cosmetics of the world. But ultimately, God has a plan. (laughs) And God's plan is to restore shalom. To restore shalom between you and me and you and other people. And you and God and you and the planet and make everything good again in his eyes. So next slide, please. Let me read a few verses from John chapter 14. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The Greek word in the New Testament is the word that would be translated shalom in the Old Testament from the Greek to the Hebrew. Jesus is talking about leaving shalom in the world as he goes to be with the Father. What an amazing gift. You're allowed to get excited, right? Um, You're allowed to be captivated by this amazing picture of God taking all the jigsaw pieces that have all been broken and cut up and breathing life over them and putting them all back together into this huge 3D image of what beauty actually looks like and saying, this is you. This is you. This is what I always meant for you. This is what life was always supposed to be. Isn't that a wonderful thing from God? This is your destiny. This is the environment in which we now live. We live in the environment of shalom together as a gift of the Holy Spirit. So a few things that Jesus says. One, shalom is a gift from God. If you're trying to bring shalom, peace to yourself, forget it, it's not gonna happen. If you think your positive thinking is gonna bring you this shalom, peace with God, forget it, save your money, don't sign up. Um, That's a fifer speaking, save your money. Um, The shalom is a charis, It is a gift of grace, unmerited, unearned, undeserved, breathed on by the Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? You can't earn this. Neither can you be exempt from it. It's a gift. God just looks and says, you know what? I choose to give you shalom. I choose for you to live in peace. I choose for you to be what I've intended you to be. I give it to you. You just have to receive it. I give it to you. You can't earn it. So much of what we seem to do in church seems to be about earning stuff. If we just work harder, God will love us more. If we just attend more meetings, God will be more pleased with us. If we just kind of do this, this, and this, apart from killing ourselves, we'll have a great kind of tick box for God to look and say, well, I really love that person. Look how much they've actually done for me. We call it a kind of Presbyterian work system, a Calvinist view of the world. So I know that we're not doing live streaming now, so I can say what I like. So, uh, so it's not biblical. It's not right. It puts people into slavery. God loves us because he has chosen to love us, not because we have earned love. God died for us not because we looked really, really cool, but because he loved us and chose to die for us. Salvation is not for people who work hard. Salvation is for all people, no matter who they are, who hear the voice of God and respond to his call. The spirit is given upon all people, all people. Whether you've got a degree or not a degree, whether you understand faith or don't understand faith, whether you're really bright or you're not so bright, God has chosen to love you and loves you with all of his heart, holding nothing back. That is what the beauty of grace is. You never, ever, 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 ever deserve it. You always, 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 always receive it. And we live in it. And so we walk in this gift of shalom together. Not as the world gives. The world can't provide what Jesus can provide. And even if it could, it would be um, check the terms and conditions. You ever see that? Whenever you buy anything online, there's a wee box at the bottom. Um, Just as a test, who actually reads the terms and conditions before you tick the box? Like, wow. Wow. Thought it was going to be in the a minority there. You just kind of ticket, don't you? There's always terms and conditions. No terms and conditions. Freely given. Freely given to us. And then I love the way Jesus finishes this little kind of sermon on shalom. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. You have my gift with you. You have the spirit at work in you. You have the restoration power of shalom in and around about you. Whatever you are facing, know this, you do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be afraid. There are people in the room today, and I know this, and you're wrestling with stuff, and you're anxious about it, and you're not quite sure what it's gonna look like the next thing, and you need to hear this, God has given shalom. The peace of God is with you. Do not be afraid. And if you become overwhelmed with fear, then remind yourself again of what God has given. So this wonderful, amazing shalom that God has imparted, what does it do? It restores you to him. The fracture between God and us is restored. You're allowed to get excited about that bit as well it brings the possibility of reconciliation between you and others. Because shalom has come. It's a supernatural thing. You're able to let things go. You're able to leave things with Jesus. You're able to move on and no longer hold grudges. Well, I was praying about this this morning. And God was certainly talking to to me in this, you know, because um, boy, I, I, some people say elephants don't forget stuff. Like I don't forget, I don't forget, and them, um, and I can hold grudges really, really well. It's a kind of it's 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 probably not a great Christian thing. Um, well, let's be honest, it's not a Christian thing at all. But uh, but I've got a list of places I won't go back to, or people I'm not going to share platform with, or not going to do that with, because they really annoyed me uh, at the at the time but i can let that go and they can let that go hopefully <laughs> because we're family together in an atmosphere that recognizes we're not perfect we're saved sinners who live in an atmosphere of forgiveness right <laughs> we're not perfect we are saved people who fall but we live in an atmosphere of forgiveness, of forgiveness. Do you? Do you live in an atmosphere of forgiveness? It's hard when it gets down to the real personal stuff, isn't it? It's great when it's a big theological thing. Um, but when you've got to start saying, so who do you need to phone after the service A meet for coffee? Because you still hold something that you need to let go of and and move on with? Who's it you've been avoiding for X amount of time that actually you need to try and, and find a way to reconcile because shalom is here. Here's a really, really hard one, I think. Who in our families do we hold grudges about that we need to let go and move on and live in a different different environment and atmosphere because we live in shalom. We have a supernatural thing of God about us that that we can't actually humanly do, but in the presence of God, it is possible for us to begin to find healing and restoration. I hope this makes sense because shalom is life-changing for those who can live in it. And then it it kind of enables us to find peace with ourselves. This is the thing that that, um, most people uh, ask me about at, at services when I'm doing seminars and stuff. Here it is. How can God really, really still love me when I've done that? I don't, um, I wish I had like X amount of money for the amount of times I have been asked this. Or people who who accept that God loves them but they, they don't like themselves. And allowing the grace and the peace and the shalom of God to come and to remind us that we are wonderfully made, that our value is seen in the cross, that we are sons and daughters of the king. That we are beautiful and unique in the eyes of God. That we are different to everybody else. and We have different mix of gifts. We have different things that we're good at. We have different things that we've made mistakes in. But we are unique and crafted by the master craftsman. And so while we recognize our feelings and that we're not perfect, we recognize who we are in Jesus. We are the gemstones of the mind of God's grace and mercy. Then lastly, it enables us to work in harmony with our environment, stewarding, caring, living, in ways that make a difference in our world for generations to come. We are the people of the Shalom. Let's pray together. You wanna stand with me? It would be great if you would, if you can. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the wonder of the wholeness and harmony and breath of life that you have breathed upon us. Thank you for the environment of shalom that we find ourselves in. But Lord, I recognize that there are people in the room and and we are anxious. And we are wrestling. And yet our hearts are troubled, even though we recognize Jesus and said, don't let your hearts be troubled, our hearts are troubled. So if, if that's you, would you just put your hand up really, really quickly so I can pray specifically for you? Thank you. Okay, just put your hands down. God who has given the gift of shalom, I pray for those who are anxious, those who are troubled, those who are wrestling this morning. And I pray for a deeper sense of your presence with them, of those who are going through situations in their own lives that are causing heartbreak, and sorrow and pain for those who are concerned about other people and are just um, upset and frightened and concerned for them. Lord, I pray for the reality of your shalom to fall again. Come and calm the anxious spirit, we pray. And Lord, I pray if there are any people in this room who have never found that peace, never understood it, never known it, then Lord, I pray today would be a day when they encounter you and your saving love and mercy and find a peace that is beyond human understanding. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.